With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. Wherever you may be right around the world, it is good to have your company. And on a very busy news day, if you were listening to that last news bulletin on TNT, you understand that what we're doing here on this radio media network is now gaining traction in the halls of power, including the House of Commons. And as I described at length yesterday on the program, the public, the majority of the American public now believe there's something wrong with the COVID vaccines. Now, this is not some kind of distinct, unique and very minor theory by conspiracists. It is now a given amongst the majority of Americans that there is something terribly wrong with the COVID vaccines and the world is starting to take notice. We'll get to that a little later. It is hump day Wednesday where I am, just gone 3pm, broadcasting out of Sydney, Australia for the next two hours. It's very early Wednesday in London. They'll be waking up with front page news on COVID, unless, of course, mainstream media newspapers decide we can't cover that. We don't want people to lose faith in COVID vaccines, even if they are endangering the lives of others. And of course, it's still Tuesday evening in the United States. Plenty to jump onto. The World Economic Forum annual meeting underway in Davos. And yes, a chance for the usual global suspects to stand up and feel terribly self-important. And they're obsessed once again. If you listen to some of the speeches in the first couple of days, they're obsessed about climate change or is that global boiling? And they're obsessed about misinformation and disinformation. I'll have something to say shortly about the sheer waste the lies associated with this evangelical love of renewables and renewable power. It is a terrible economic suicide plan. And the Canadian patriot, Matt Errett, will join me this hour to analyse what the WEF is up to on their mission to stop us expressing our freedom of speech, to express our opinions and theories about the world on social media. They're terribly upset about this because you know why. They want worldwide censorship to ensure that their narrative doesn't come under scrutiny. No, no way. They are the government's government. They're in charge of the world, at least in their small minds. And if you want to have something to say that goes against that narrative, you are to be cancelled. So that's what the WEF is up to, World Economic Forum. Where is the censorship of misinformation and disinformation supposed to be in that mission? I don't know. Um, we'll also speak with Matt about the massive farmers' protest in Germany. Have you been following this? It has doubled, quadrupled. It is now massive. And all because farmers in Germany have waken up ahead of the rest of the world over this um, penchant to penalise and restrict farmers because, of course, the German government wants to save the planet. They want to tax them. They want to penalise them. They want to cut their 
cattle. They want to do all they can to save the planet. And of course, they can't save a thing from Germany. The farmers know that. The rest of the world is still being duped into thinking that this can be done, that it's possible. It's rubbish. It won't happen. But of course, the German farmers are now standing out and defying what the German government is doing. And well done to them. If only farmers right across the world could follow that lead. Um, I've watched some of the arguments expressed by both South Africa and Israel in the international court. The debate about what constitutes genocide seems to me to be the key sticking point. And it'll be very interesting to work out how the judges differentiate between what constitutes warfare and what constitutes genocide. And it's interesting, an Israeli lawyer stood up and gave an impassioned speech, a 30-minute argument on behalf of Israel. But more than that, he actually went to the heart of where the word genocide derived from. And I've found it fascinating, something that many of you may not be aware of, but we'll play for you some of what the judges heard in the program today. From down under, the mighty Prue McSween is back after a New Year break and so much to talk to Prue about today. Um, she's got a bee in a bonnet about the uh, federal Labor government and the fact they've done nothing for cost of living. Uh, this is the sort of thing that governments can be sacked over. This is the sort of thing that voters say, well, you're finished. You didn't care that I couldn't handle cost of living crises when it hit. Uh, you were doing other things, like trying to give Indigenous people a separate avenue of government or an annexure of government. Well, sorry, you weren't paying attention to what matters, so you're out. And Prue argues that that's exactly what could happen. Um, it's Cyber Wednesday, and that means Alex Zaharoff Reut will join us. He is back from his technological heaven in Las Vegas, like just about every tech journalist around the world. We'll talk with him. And I'll catch up with economist uh, Natalia Ilyusha, uh, Ilyushina, who is also an AI expert, because we hear almost every day about the impact AI will have on our lives. Let's sort of get down and dirty about this. Let's talk about whether it needs regulation. Let's talk about what it can do to productivity. Let's analyze the benefits, the pros, the cons of artificial intelligence. And we'll do that with Natalia and Alex's help on the program today. And if you've got a question, by the way, on the concept of AI, and no doubt you have, because I don't know everything, you don't know everything, it's only brand new, but if you've got a question, a legitimate question for either Natalia, the economist, or Alex, who's the cyber and technological expert, please call in. Um, you know our numbers from the US or Canada. It's one 8882016425 from the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, one 800 670 310. They are our numbers. You can jump on and have your say. Don't just play around on the chat box. It's all well and good to hear what you've got to say there, but jump on our talkback lines and have your say. We'll get right on to that and we'll take your calls when our tech experts come onto the program. You're with Chris Smith. We're broadcasting live on the Global News Talk Network, TNT. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Well, as I mentioned, the World Economic Forum is holding its annual talk fest in Davos, Switzerland, and get what guess what their obsession is again for 2024. Yes, climate change. And coming in close second, misinformation and disinformation. They are so frightened of what you could say, which could contradict what they say the world needs. So much so, they want to come up with a way of censoring what you say, especially on social media. They are petrified of, you know, you criticising their favourite global hobby horses. So they're going to trash you. Um, but that's a topic for another day, many other days. Uh, remember how the year ended, though, in 2023? The green evangelical world agreed to triple electricity production from wind and solar power by 2030. Oh, so easy. Let's just click our fingers and triple the number of solar panels and wind turbines right across the world. Won't that be great? Hang on. It's 2020. That's six years away. Good luck with all of that. Isn't it interesting they can make resolutions like this with no understanding of what can feasibly be accomplished? Anyway, those fabulously unreliable sources of minuscule energy, which is renewables, are their top priority. And they keep telling us how cheap that kind of power is. And they keep saying, well, the wind costs nothing and the sun costs nothing. Well, before we go much further down this track and before we hear more doomsday predictions about what catastrophes have ensued because of climate change and we hear calls for, you know, focusing on the cheapest power ever, which is renewables, can we tell the truth? Can we set the record straight and start telling the truth? Because the evangelicists don't. They don't go anywhere near the truth. Let's start with the plan to reach net zero. Even before, before we triple the world's renewable sources, as agreed to at COP28, even before that, um, and that is an astronomical financial burden, a burden which will strangle Western governments who will need to cut back on spending on just about everything if they go down there. Um, that includes welfare. Let's, let's understand this. This net zero nirvana by 2050 is mythical. It's, it's made up. It's not based on science. They just plucked 2050 because it was a nice round number. Tell me that that's wrong. It's not. They plucked 2050 out of the air because it was a nice round number. Uh, it's interesting to hear what environmental economist Bjorn Lomborg thinks about all of this. He reckons that as we go towards net zero, he cites the cost it would accrue to Western governments to the tune of 27 trillion per year. This is incredibly costly. There's two new studies out in Climate and uh, Climate Economics Journal that tells us the total cost of doing this could easily be around 27 trillion dollars per year over this century. The benefit about four and a half trillion dollars. So every dollar spent will only deliver 17 cents of, of benefits. And of course, the cost is so enormous that even if we just do a little bit of this, it will be really, really destroying of welfare in the 21st century. And no promise of changing the temperature of the planet, if that is your main beef, if that is your main goal. No promise of changing the temperature of the planet. And part of that monstrous cost 
Part of that $27 trillion per year is this infatuation with unreliable renewables. And a number of truthful reports will show you that renewables are very, very, very expensive based on a 100-year calculation, which, of course, governments have to do. They've got to calculate not the next 15 years. They've got to calculate how much this kind of energy imposition will cost over 100 years. It'll be the most expensive option. Let me explain. Robert Idell, who was a researcher at Rice University in Houston, you can look him up, I-D-E-L. He has calculated the cost of electricity production, assuming one relies entirely on a single source. Now, countries like Australia are relying on a single source. They want to get rid of gas. They want to get rid of coal. They don't want nuclear, and they want to rely on solar and wind. So they are in this basket. It's renewables or bust. Idell's estimates show that the more green electricity is produced, the more expensive your power bill becomes. Has your government told you that? Of course not. And one of the major costs in this calculation is the expensive storage required to ensure electricity remains available 24-7, which it has to be. Idell uses US Department of Energy costings for lithium-ion batteries, and he focused his study on Germany and Texas. Listen to this. In this case, Idell calculates, this is his conclusion, that the cost of renewable power in Germany are four times higher than for new nuclear power plants, four times higher. Because what we don't get told by governments and by spruikers is the cost of constructing wind turbines and solar panels. Most of that is manufactured in China using coal and gas fire-powered plants, which, of course, emit CO2, and that it goes against all that evangelism. Then you have to link and transfer that power to the grid. Well, you can't use the existing transmission network because the power is different. So we've got to basically create separate networks of transmission lines everywhere to carry renewable power to the grid. It's a massive spend. And they don't tell you about that. And then these physical renewable structures, these wind turbines need to be replaced every 15 to 20 years. And right now, the recycling opportunities are negligible. Yes, the sun is free. Yes, the wind is free when the sun shines and when the wind blows. But an honest and wholly encompassing calculation is the truth we rarely hear. We keep saying, oh, it's the cheapest. The sun is free. The wind is free. It's unreliable and you're not counting a thing from the cost of what it takes to construct the gathering of wind or solar, because that is the nature of evangelism, you see. There's never anything negative to consider about a divine source of power. Never is. It is the greatest deliberate mistake in the current century. This is TNT. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done, has been doing the rhymes. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are still testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold? Or COVID. Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just I just did my eighth test oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? 
Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat, people will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. TNTRadio.live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work, and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. Yes, you don't just have to listen to it. You can watch it live. You can watch it live on every video streaming platform in the world, bar, I think, the one out of Belarus. Anyway, all platforms that you can possibly get hold of, including the TNT Radio app and the TNT Radio website. Just quickly from Pelly, he writes about COVID-19 and he says, it's obvious there is something wrong with the COVID-19 vaccines. What else can explain the increase in sudden deaths in younger people? Yet the criminal line governments continue to push the need for boosters. What is their real agenda? Is it population control? And River replies on the chat box, perhaps you have just answered that yourself. Well, the 54th annual meeting of the World Economic Forum commenced at Davos, Switzerland on Monday. It concludes on Friday. As expected, many of the world's most powerful global business leaders politicians and tech gurus are at the forum. They host governments from more than 100 countries, as well as all major international organisations. They consider themselves the 
the government's government, if you like. Klaus Schwab, WEF founder and executive chairman, says this year's theme is rebuilding trust. Who is he fooling? Rebuilding trust. Let's bring in Matt Errett, live from Montreal, Canada, to discuss this and much more. Uh, Matthew is a journalist, founder and editor-in-chief of the Canadian Patriot Review, director at the Rising Tide Foundation and senior fellow at the American University in Moscow. He hosts the weekly Great Game on Rogue News and writes for Strategic Culture, Washington Times, and The Cradle. He is also a colleague of mine with his own show on this network. Matthew Errett, welcome back to TNT. Welcome to the program. Always most happy to join you, Chris. That's what I like to hear. I just mentioned the WEF uh, in my editorial. It's climate change obsession, which is driving massive increases in expensive wind and solar power. Do you see an awakening happening to stop this green evangelism, sending us back to the Stone Age. I am encouraged by the pictures I see out of Germany. These farmers are standing up and standing up in massive numbers. Yeah, you know, and it's not just Germany as well. There's solidarity with the Dutch farmers, uh, Belgium, uh, Canada as well. Uh, This is the, the spirit of the truckers' convoy is alive and well, but there's a lot of collusion, a lot of collaboration, and I think that for those who extol the the virtues of the rules-based international order and global collaboration that Ursula von der Leyen and and her uh, her ilk promote so much, they should be so happy that there's international collaboration going on of these different, you know, People from from France to Germany and beyond all saying we need to stop the stop the culling and produce more food. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm enlivened by by this outgrowth of freedom loving people who have been organizing coherently. Um, I would also say, too, that the, the COP28 just ended in Abu Dhabi or in Dubai uh, about four weeks ago. Mm. And out of that, there was a very big shift, despite the fact that there were still indoctrinated Western technocrats um, and liberal, you know, milky brained people who don't know how to think. Despite that, uh, there was a commitment to triple a Western nuclear reactor building within by 2050 as well. So I think that that wouldn't be happening were there not a competent energy policy coming out of Eurasia, rival countries that have not accepted this depopulation agenda and have embraced massive nuclear energy builds in India, Russia, and China specifically. And had they not done that, then we would not have seen this forced acceptance of some spectrum of reality that is needed just just to be a relative competitor. So there is at least a certain sense that the idea of going for full blown windmills, solar panels is not viable. And they have to accept that if they want to meet these decarbonization targets, they need to have nuclear, which for me, that's at least a little inkling of some reorganization towards what might become sanity in the next generation, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I was thinking about an awakening in a public sense, and I think the farmers are leading the way from these various countries you mentioned, but also a self-awakening within the stable of spruikers, you know, green evangelists who just want their solar, just want their wind. They think that we can get our baseload power from those two unreliable sources. But it must have been a self-awakening now that they've taken a different route and they're taking on an ability to accept nuclear within that evangelism. Yeah, it's sort of a... 
it, I don't know exactly what is the catalyzer for it, whether it, it probably came, I would say, probably geopolitically uh, as an expedient uh, maneuver by those top down controllers who are still holding on to their dream of consolidating a one world government, liber uh, you know, with 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 former nation states uh, under the, the, the control of a new feudal aristocracy. Um, but they but just by virtue of the fact that in order to um, to be able to compete and to uh, subvert the development aspirations of the Eurasian powers that have grown through the BRICS plus to include much, much of the Arab world, much of Africa is is coming on board this rejection of a depopulation agenda. They they have to uh, release the shackles a little bit of the um, you know, there's the story of, of Prometheus shackled by Zeus when Prometheus tried to steal fire and share it with the with the mortals when Zeus said no the the mortals should be kept living in ignorance in the mud as my playthings to be depopulated as I as I will and and Prometheus didn't accept that and he suffered but um I think the Zeusian sort of figures today um realize that they have to unshackle a little bit of that that nuclear fire a little bit um with the hope that they'll be able to put it back in the bottle later on and and undo some of this um acceptance of needing to industrialize again um and these other things but yeah no i mean if you if you really want to um maintain society and have your electric cars and other things you just can't do it with wind, windmills and solar panels they're just it's it's un, it's never going to work never going to work no matter how many prayers you say on a sunday now you mentioned Ursula von der Leyen, uh, president of the European Commission. She made a statement at the World Economic Forum on disinformation and misinformation. Have a listen. Disinformation and misinformation. Tackling this has been our focus since the very beginning of my mandate. With our Digital Services Act, we defined the responsibilities of large internet platforms on the content they promote and propagate, a responsible to children and vulnerable groups targeted by hate speech, but also a responsibility to our societies as a whole. Because the boundary between online and offline is getting thinner and thinner. And the values we cherish offline should also be protected online. And this is even more important in this new era of generative AI. I've got to say, I, she won't get an argument with me over hate speech. However, they're not about stopping hate speech. This is not what the WEF wants to do. They want to be able to order the world to do what they say, and they don't want people like ordinary people standing in the way saying and criticising what they have in store online. They, they're treating social media like it's some kind, kind of scientific journal, Matt. Yeah. I've, it, well, they're, they're, this logic that she's extolling is the same thing that was done uh, to keep our children safe. It's the same thing that was done to to just push a mass vaccination campaign upon everybody. We want to keep keep people safe. Um, we have to flatten the curve of hate speech. We have to flatten the cur the curve of climate uh, of of global warming. Flatten the curve, whatever you know. 
but it's the same narrative and it, it ultimately always has the same fascist undertones to it, uh, which is to use the idea of the greater good to justify um, completing, shut, shutting down all freedom and shackling people under some some dictatorial system. So, yeah, whether you're questioning climate change, that could lead to that's climate hate or something. I don't know. But uh, and you see it in Canada. You're not allowed to at this point. You're it's creeping on, but it's creeping on fast. I most things I say are not allowed to to stay up on on YouTube longer than than two seconds before it gets right. shut down. Shut down. I can't. You can't share a news post on social media in Canada. It just you can't do it anymore. It, it's it's illegal because uh, the social media said they they can't uh, you know afford to pay for every single news post sharing as the Trudeau government, which is a World Economic Forum government, said that they have to. So the solution is. No more news sharing of small, medium, anything. Um, so yeah, they they definitely want to shut down all discussions so that none of, none of these disturbing um, farming farmers or or blue collar workers are able able to to do freedom convoys or or to resist the uh, the dictators. I'm sure they're gathering at their social meetings in Davos before and after um the sessions and looking at what's happening in germany and shaking their head and tut tutting about those who don't follow the narrative how dare they how silly they are the fools the proletariat but anyway we'll leave that for another time i've got to take a quick break and get some news for our listeners and our viewers we'll do that right now i'll come back with you in just a second matt this is tnt news news there is a difference What's on the schedule for today? A little less yappity yap and a little more news. Yay! Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. US Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene has held an independent hearing examining the injuries and deaths caused by experimental COVID-19 vaccines. The deadly mRNA shots have also been linked to a surge in excess deaths and serious cardiac events in the UK. And Russian President Vladimir Putin has met with North Korea's foreign minister in Moscow as the two countries move to boost bilateral ties. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Uh, good comment from River on the chat box. River says, um, such a dangerous woman, referring to Ursula, uh, but as she says, a thin line between online and offline. And Keith from Sydney writes in an email, uh, von der Leyen either forgot Zig Heil or the speech was edited out. I like that. Hey, Glenn, welcome to the program. Go right ahead. I'm very happy today, Chris, hearing that America and England have both uh, linked the excess deaths to the COVID jabs. Well, more have. Uh, the governments haven't agreed to it, but more are raising it, and it's actually reaching mainstream media, would you believe? Yeah, well, I've got a, a video from Alex Jones from about 16 years ago. He, he interviewed a Dr. Rima Lebeau. Now, she was the doctor to the heads of state and the royalty in Europe, and her husband was a general in charge of the Special Armed Forces. Now, this, I got, saw this video at the start of COVID. 
And she told of, of the great cull. She was told of this great cull that was coming. And when she asked what is the great cull, she was told America is going to release a flu-like virus on the world, but the virus isn't the problem. The vaccines that they will develop are designed to kill and sterilise up to 80% of the population. What a great piece of audio, prophetic audio. Now, when I saw it, I thought, garbage, but I kept it. And then as COVID's unfolded, everything that woman said has worked out to be true. America did release it, thanks to Tony Fauci. The vaccines do cause sterilisation and death. Dr Robert Malone uh, and many, many other doctors have all confirmed that. And I shared that with my children and, and uh, their, their partners and, and my grandchildren. None of us got vaccinated. And even the New South Wales health surveillance data, which Dean Mackin was reading out on commercial radio, not the Christmas just gone, the one before, for six consecutive weeks proved the more jabs you have, the more likely you are to get sick and die. Dean Mackin got sacked and the New South Wales government removed the data from the New South Wales health, health surveillance data. And look at that Cleveland University finding this week as we covered during our news bulletin. It does show that you're more likely to get COVID if you have a COVID jab. Um, it all yep. falls into line, Glenn. Yep, and I've raised it on commercial radio and I've been held down. There's been calls for me to be uh, completely barred from, and I was a danger to the community. And Mr John Laws, the so-called king, labelled me a traitor. Mm. So that's, that's what I've put up with for the last three years and I am so glad to see that finally people are starting to admit that it is dangerous. And as I said, Dr. Emma Lebeau, interviewed by Alex Jones near on 16 years ago, laid out the entire plan of COVID to a T. Never got one thing wrong. I love it, Glenn. Hey, listen, we should do some, uh, have some communication off air about getting hold of that audio if I can't find it myself. Thank you very much for calling. We'll be in touch, eh? All right, cover. It was an awesome video. If you can get hold of it or I'll try and help get it to you. It, it uh, doesn't go for very long, but, mate, it is mind-blowing. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for the tip-off. Love it. Appreciate your call. I want to go back to Matt Eric. Matt, during a speech at the World Economic Forum on Tuesday, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky threatened Russian President Vladimir Putin's entire family with criminal trials and long prison sentences. Putin will, quote, not rest in peace both in this world and in the next, Zelensky said, neither his children nor his grandchildren. Do you see Zelensky becoming more desperate and unhinged? Because that is the definition of unhinged. He is absolutely unhinged. He, I think, intimates, he knows that he's being thrown to the wayside. Uh, we're, we're seeing messaging all over the place that uh, that the entire plan for what was arranged for Ukraine originally in 2014, when the U.S. Over, oversaw the, the coup d'etat and even later on as uh, as this whole NATO expansion policy resulted foreseeably as Putin had warned as far back as 2007 in his Munich security conference speech that this would result in some form of a military confrontation which is now a, it, it began 
in February 2022, Zelensky has seen that he that nothing has worked out. Um, there's just a massive graveyard. He's depopulated his own population, both by people leaving to avoid being um, uh, kidnapped and put into yep. vans to be put onto the front lines to be used as cannon fodder so that you've got millions of of Ukrainians who have uh, escaped Ukraine and then 500,000 or so. I, I It's a huge number who have just died, who've been uh, sacrificed on this altar. And there's only so many more bodies who who are left to be killed. Um, so I think that there is messaging that the effort that there's going that there's a desperate effort from the part of the U.S. establishment to create an off ramp to try to say, OK, we were successful. Putin didn't invade and take over Europe. And so a mission accomplished or something as if that was ever Putin's objective. So we're seeing Blinken put out these messagings. Um, there's a withholding of the, the the money. The blank check is slowly ending. Um, so Zelensky does see that he's very disposable and yeah, he's desperate. He's flailing. The, the cocaine is still working on him. So no, I, I mean, this is not a surprise what he said. I'm interested to see what Chinese scientists are doing. And I saw this story today and I thought I'd put it to you. They're experimenting with a mutant COVID-19 strain that has a 100% kill streak in humanized mice. The mice had been humanized, meaning they were engineered to express a protein found in people, with the goal being to assess how the virus might react in humans. What could go wrong? Yeah, what an awful idea. Eh? Um, no, I, I I just heard about this myself as well, maybe 30 minutes ago before the, the interview began. So I have, I'm still scratching my head a little bit to poke around to figure out what, what laboratory was this? It wasn't Wuhan. It was another laboratory. Um, it was the Cold Springs Harbor Laboratory website, um, an American website that was that's showcasing this thing. Who's funding it? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know. There, I, it, it raised a bunch of questions in my mind. Like, is Peter Daszak and the EcoHealth Alliance that was behind the funding and the management of the Wuhan lab also behind this? Oh, um, wouldn't surprise us. Wouldn't surprise wouldn't, us, Matt. Not at all. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm anticipating to find some forms of weird deep state connections like that. Yeah. That being said, I, I find that this whole thing kind of plays in a little bit into the narrative that a virus did cause this giant uh, reign of death before the rollout of these wonderful vaccines. And as Denny Roncourt uh, irrefutably proved in some very, very rigorous studies, uh, that was never true. The only deaths that ever occurred before the vaccines were, in fact, caused by the human intervention mandated by the World Health Organization, which artificially sh you know, created a spike in death and then also started misdefining everything as being COVID deaths um, through pure statistical manipulation. But there was never any evidence that it, that a thing called a, a COVID virus actually caused all of these this giant plague of, of death and, and all of the overall increase in all-cause mortality only ended up occurring after the vaccine rollout began. And then we began seeing um, an excess deaths in all-cause mortality, as yeah. one would have expected to have seen in a pandemic. So this sort of falls in a little bit to that framing of, oh, there there is this uh, these viruses being engineered uh, that are that are uh, resulting in these these deaths and it's not the vaccines. So I'm always a little conspicuous, but that being said, this type of study in this laboratory or in any laboratory doing this sort of thing is insane. Uh, not a good idea. Not a good idea. What could go wrong? Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Matt, he clearly wanted to 
ensure his New Year's Day medical emergency that landed him in hospital was kept very, very quiet. Uh, now, we know an aide asked 911 operators to have an ambulance pick up the 70-year-old without turning on its lights and sirens. Has the culture of secrecy gone to another level here? Oh, yeah, that was over the top, eh? Like, what are you trying to hide? Um, and the fact that it was kept secret even from from the executive branch of the government for days and days <laughs> yes. while the U.S. was conducting a military operation attacking Yemen um, with the U.K.? I mean, and this is part of the, the thing, too. I, I find it's a bit ridiculous that people are... Uh, like the, the way the mainstream media is framing the argument in a in a controlled way is to make people very shocked simply at the fact that he was keeping secret the fact that he went in for for to the hospital, which itself is it's embarrassingly stupid. But they're they're ignoring the fact or avoiding the issue in in these these accepted uh, discussions that he was sitting there with his laptop as he admits overseeing the bombardment, which could result in a in a in a new war in Yemen which we were just criticizing Saudi Arabia two seconds ago for having like been carrying out this this absurd war for six, seven years against Yemen. And all of a sudden now we're we're the ones doing it. Yeah, uh, it's it's the levels of insanity are just uh, absurd. Who is really making U.S. defense decisions? And, you know, where is the current U.S. military escalation in the Middle East headed? Do you think I know that's a uh, a wide, broad question, but I guess I'm thinking about in the medium term, where is it headed? You ask very strong, poignant, simple questions, and uh, but they're very big, uh, which requires so much context. So I think in a simple way to answer it is, um, I think you have a faction in the U.S. military, which is a Dr. Strangelove love faction. For those who, who've watched the Stanley Kubrick movie, um, it's, it's basically describing this game theory, computer model, uh, fanatical, zombie-like grouping of militarists um, who believe that computer models are superior than humans and thus should run and manage nuclear policy uh, and all military policy. And I think we have a problem like that in the think tank system in the military industrial complex today. Yep, yep. Um, and the other thing, the U.S. has just launched, launched an additional 15,000 troops into uh, Syria and Iraq in response to Iran having attacked two um, U.S. military uh, and, and Israeli military proxy bases that also protect ISIS groups in uh, Syria and Iraq. Uh, ISIS has been used as a U.S. military instrument to destabilize target governments you don't like for a long time, as al-Qaeda was before. Um, so this has been attacked, and I think that there's a big grouping of uh, neocons, both on the right and on the left, who are convergent, who have just been really got a, they've had a hard on for bombing Iran, which is what they've wanted to do since the 90s. Um, and I think Israel has given them an increased uh, enthusiasm for this opportunity to to bring about their final uh, bombing of Iran that they've wanted uh, so badly. And finally, the international court decision, they could come up with some kind of provisional verdict as early as next week. And I'll talk about this in a little bit more detail later in the program, but they could actually say, you will stop your war in the vicinity of innocent people in the Gaza Strip, which would be an incredible blow to the Israeli government. That's possible. How do you see the international court case playing out? It's interesting. I didn't expect it. And, and I, I've just read the 84-page report submitted by the South African government, which is a very good report. I mean, it, I was shocked to to be that educated by their report. Um, it wields their data so well. It's irrefutable, the case that they make towards the genocide claims. 
um, including using just direct quotes from leading figures within the Israeli military, Netanyahu himself, who has said very direct things uh, that are unambiguous about their intention to um, essentially eliminate the whole ethnic group of Arabs who have been living in the Gaza. That, that, that's part of the thing. And it, it's got a bit of a religious fervor to it, too, regarding the chosen people. So whether the, if, if this international court of justice rules in favor uh, or actually decides on, on yes, this is a, a case of genocide, uh, ethnic cleansing, they don't have an enforcement mechanism. They, they can't enforce that, but it could possibly revoke israel's uh membership to the un to be a member state of the un you can't be doing genocide yeah that's possible um there's a whole variety of things and it's definitely uh creating a broader consensus amongst the international community that's that this needs to stop true uh, enough enough blood has been spilled and this needs to stop on both sides but especially in the case of israel which is really gone gone gung-ho um and is a bit out of control very out of control um so yeah it's it's a breath of fresh air that this discussion is being forced into polite society um i'm i'm curious to see where it goes i don't i don't know where okay. where it could lead if in any case we'll watch it closely matt Eric, thank you very much for your time pleasure always my colleague here at tnt matt Eric. Um, always good to have him. Founder and editor-in-chief of the Canadian Patriot Review. You can also uh, hear his great game on Rogue News. We'll take a break, come back with your calls. I'll play you a little bit of what the Israeli lawyer had to say before the International Court judges this week. And you be the judge of what genocide really means. And is there a crossover between what occurs in modern war or is genocide a separate thing? Is it a premeditated thing not associated with modern war? It's a very thin line. We'll get to that right after a break on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. What is TNT about? Well, it seems to be in line with what I try to be about, telling the truth. The truth is very, very important. Let's put it this way. The pursuit of the truth is very, very important. So if you hide the truth, distort the truth, look at things at only one angle so you don't see the other angles, how can you possibly get to the solution? What is truth? Well, water freezes at 32, the sun rises in the east. A new study that's coming out is claiming, once again, that the rapid rise of sea surface temperatures is being caused by man-made emissions. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. If you're going to heat a pot of water, do you use a sun lamp, do you use a blow dryer, or do you use a stove? If the stove was turned off and then it was turned on, what do you think is going to happen to the pot of water? If you actually look at what's been going on with sea surface temperatures, they began to increase when there was an increase in underwater volcanic activity. Now, the solar scientists, and I'm very good friends with a lot of them, keep saying we're going into a grand solar minimum. Well, that may be fine, but the temperature keeps rising. Why would it keep rising? If you cannot attribute it to a natural driver, then it must be man-made. Do you believe it's man-made? Well, why would something like the atmosphere warm up the ocean when the ocean has more energy? So we're pursuing the truth here. I may not be right, I believe I'm right, but believing it's knowing are two different things, but you have to be in pursuit of the truth. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. 
I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. You're listening to Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. One of our listeners, maybe viewers, Alana, who doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with me on absolutely everything, does say that today's was a great guest, meaning Matt Errett was a great guest, loved his analysis. Well, most people do, which is why we love having him on the program. Well, as we discussed with Matt, South Africa's legal action against Israel on a charge of genocide has begun in the International Court of Justice. The first stage was held over two days with South Africa laying out a list of genocidal acts by Israel and then Israel defending itself. Now, the central issue in this case is what is classified as genocide and what is classified as the outcome of modern warfare. Now, I would have thought in both cases, you're talking about premeditation. Genocide has to have premeditation. In modern warfare, not everything that occurs is premeditated, but there are crossovers and similarities. And it was this exact point that was best addressed, I thought, by the legal advisor to Israel's Department of Foreign Affairs, Tal Becker. Now, I don't play Tal Becker uh, for an example of what side I'm on. I just wanted to play part of what Tal Becker said, and it's only a couple of minutes out of 33, just to indicate the central definition of genocide and where the definition actually came from. Um, just for background, Tal Becker was born in Paris, France. His father was Moroccan. He was a university lecturer. His mother grew up in Melbourne in Australia. He, she was from a Polish family that had been decimated in the Holocaust. So his family does have skin in this game. Here he is explaining to the international court judges the origins of the word genocide and his argument against the prosecution. Raphael Lemkin, a Polish Jew who witnessed the unspeakable horrors of the Holocaust, is credited with coining the term genocide. He helped the world recognize that the existing legal lexicon was simply inadequate to capture the devastating evil that the Nazi Holocaust unleashed. The applicant has now sought to invoke this term in the context of Israel's conduct in a war it did not start and did not want. A war in which Israel is defending itself against Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad and other terrorist organizations whose brutality knows no bounds. The attempt to weaponize the term genocide against Israel in the present context does more than tell the court a grossly distorted story. 
and it does more than empty the word of its unique force and special meaning. It subverts the object and purpose of the Convention itself, with ramifications for all states seeking to defend themselves against those who demonstrate total disdain for life and for the law. That's Tal Becker, and it will get down to the panel of judges working out the difference between the outcome of modern warfare and the definition of genocide. And as I say, there's a crossover, so it's not an easy decision to make. Now, this case could go either way because this is a court created within the United Nations. I don't know what influence the United Nations has on these judges. You'd hope that the judges were somehow independent, uh, but we know where the UN's loyalties lie. And no matter what their final verdict will be, the court could still take, as I mentioned to Matt, provisional measures as early as next week, requiring Israel to stop their military operation in the Gaza Strip. And they can stick their middle finger up at the International Panel of Judges if they wish. That would see them barred from being a member of the UN, whether they would uh, prefer that or not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but this can be done by the court to protect the party's interests. So it's a very interesting decision. We could get a decision provisionally within the next week, or we may have to wait as long as two years for a full verdict once evidence is gathered after those opening remarks. Um, one thing I do know, and we can't lose sight of, but it was not mentioned by the South African uh, prosecution. Those kidnappings and the barbarism of October 7 were both inhumane, unconscionable and inexcusable. Let's not forget that. Um, Warwick wants to talk about the South Africans. He says very briefly on the chat box, South Africa is murdering white farmers. They are hypocrites. That's his view on all of that. Um, from the Gaza Strip, I wanted to give you an update on what you may not have picked up on. Palestinian militants battled Israeli forces in devastated northern Gaza and launched a barrage of rockets from farther south on Tuesday in a show of force more than 100 days, of course, into Israel's massive air and ground campaign against the tiny coastal enclave. Now, the fighting in the north, which was the first target of Israel's offensive and where entire neighbourhoods have been pulverised, show how far Israel remains from achieving its goals of dismantling Hamas and returning scores of hostages captured in those October 7 attacks. Now, according to AP, in other developments, France and Qatar, the Persian Gulf nation that helped mediate the ceasefires, said late Tuesday that they had brokered a deal between Israel and Hamas to deliver medicine to Israeli hostages in Gaza and as well as additional aid to Palestinians in the besieged territory. This is all the work of France and Qatar, uh, a brokered deal between Hamas and Israel to at least get medicine to hostages and some additional aid to Palestinians as well. That's got to be a good thing. France said it had been working since October on the deal, which will provide three months' worth of medication for 45 hostages with chronic illnesses, as well as other medicines and vitamins. The medicines are expected to enter Gaza from Egypt on Wednesday. A small step forward in a very, very ugly and messy conflict. 
Let's get straight to news. I'll be back after that with plenty to talk about and plenty of people to talk to. Prue McSween included. Plus, we'll focus our cyber and technology segment today on artificial intelligence. Don't go anywhere. This is Chris Smith on TNT. TNT.